everybody, welcome to another great Prog Report podcast. Uh, we have another great episode here. We're going to do another one of our Ultimate Album podcasts, and we're going to cover the incredible catalog of Genesis. And we're joined by uh, the perfect guest for this, Mr. Nat Sylvan. Hey, Nat, how are you? Gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> great to have you here, man. Uh, and of course, we'll talk about your new record, uh, Spiritus Monday, which uh, comes out on April 9th, which is awesome. And we'll talk about that. And joining me again is Jeff Bailey and Prog Nick. How are you guys doing, man? Hi, guys. Hi. We're doing good. Doing Everybody good. Well. So, uh, Nad, before we get started with uh, picking our Ultimate Genesis album, uh, we wanted to talk about the new record and just sort of see, yeah. uh, first, how have you been lately? What You know, putting out this record and not being able to uh, get on the road and tour and being stuck at home like everybody else. How have you been? How are things going for you? Well, you know, I was talking to my friend. We were walking today. I take I take long walks in the forest every day. Uh, usually I, 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 I've signed some CDs that I've sold and I walk to the mailbox with them. And then I, and I can take this road walking there and then I'll go into the forest and go big long loop until I go back home. And I was we were talking and I was saying, you know, and she asked me exactly that feeling, how, how you know, because you've been, she knows how busy I've been. She's, she's just a neighbor of mine. And, uh, and I said, it's sort of 50-50. 50% of me lacks it and feel it's, uh, it, that it's sad and I miss everybody. I do miss everyone, you know. I miss the road. I miss my, you know, the band and, and all of that. But also, you know, for the first time in all these years since I started sing with Steve, I've been able to see my garden come alive. I've been seeing my apple tree come and bloom. Um, a lot of things I couldn't do before. <laughs> so I kind of enjoyed that. Um, and also uh, lately I've been, since I finished the album and I've done all the artwork myself, that took a little while. Now I've been, you know, into video production. So I'm, I'm making music videos all by myself. I, I have the camera, I have green screen, I have the lights, I have everything. So the, the last video I did was for a song called The Hawk that came out Friday. And that was, I did absolutely everything with that. With a little help of Wayne Joyner, who gave me some clips that would, would work with, with uh, you know, some, some clips that would work with the video, but just a few of them. So I keep, I keep busy I'm, and I'm working on another video now that's going to come out when, when the album comes out. So there's, you know, I don't have a problem, you know, um, to fill my days with, with, with stuff to do. Excellent. Okay. Well, now the new, the new album, um, I mean, it's not a, it's not a concept album in the way that a lot of people who would, who would listen to our podcast would consider it, but, but there is a concept in that it is based around the, um, the words and the poetry of uh, William Butler Yeats, who of course hails from the same Island that I am on um, right now. Can you tell us a bit about, the the idea behind putting together an album and how it came about well it's you see this whole album has been <clears throat> is a collaboration with with a canadian songwriter uh, andrew latris um, who approached me a couple of years ago asking me if i would be able to do a guest vocal for his solo album which was a song called the lake isle of innisfree a song that he He'd written the music to already finished the lyrics by Yates. So, so he wanted to, you know, he thought that was a lovely idea. And I, and I, and I did the recording and it came out so well. So I thought oh, it would be nice to have as a bonus track on, on my previous album, The Regal Bastard. 
So uh, he he said, of course you can. And so we used I used that. And when I've done finished my vampire trilogy, I I thought where where'd I go now? You know how how do I I wanted to do something completely new and completely different from what I've done before, uh, and not disregarding the vampires trilogy. I think it's fabulous, yep. but. I just felt like moving on, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the first thing that Andrew came to mind and also the, the, the Yeats poems. So, so he, because Andrew has had given me a book with all the Yeats poems, or at least the mo- most famous ones. And I asked him, would you be interested to do some more work with me? Let's do an album together. And, and uh, I contact my label and they, they thought it would be a great idea, but I also realized that I would have to do it under my name because I'm contracted, you know, to my record deal. I have to do it under an Ad Silvan banner, mm-hmm. and uh, Andrew had no no problem with that because I I was uh, absolutely adamant to make sure that people would know who he is and he gets all the credits due and all of that. So, so it's very much uh, very much Andrew's album, just as much as my album is. It's a complete com- almost like an Elton John. Uh, what's the other guy's name? You know who I mean? Bernie Taupin. Bernie Thank you. <laughs> senior moment and it's kind of with that kind of vibe to it um, apart from you know we we but we wrote the music together so having the the lyrics uh, already there uh, enabled me and Andrew to spend more time on the music actually mm-hmm. so that's how it came about and we I, it, it was just lovely because all songs are basically Andrew's ideas I mean he he chose the poems and he, he made simple demos uh, with just him playing acoustic guitar, singing along. And actually some of those guitar takes were so good, so we used them on the album. But then I felt that, you know, maybe I'm, I need to go somewhere else. So I needed to, you know, I, I, I tend to see it that he brought the skeleton, the bones, and I put the flesh on. Yeah. And so I need to restructure some bits and maybe, you know, some chord changes that I probably thought would be nicer for the song. And he was very open and very humble about the whole thing. Yeah. So and, and, bet- and between the two of you, you play virtually all of the instruments. There's a few guest appearances, but you, you, you cover a lot of, of the instrumentation the, between you. Well, just on a few songs, there's just me and him. But they are, for the rhythm section, it's, it's Mirko de Mayo on drums from the Flower Kings, current lineup. Mm-hmm. And Jonas Rangold uh, and Tony Levin on bass. Tony played four tracks and Jonas on one. And then I have, uh, I don't know if people heard of Neil Whitford, but he is a fantastic atmospheric guitarist. He does things, uh, uh, he just knows what to be, you know, the subtle stuff. Mm-hmm. This is not a, this is not an album that, you know, where people go mad on their instruments. It's rather a subtle album. So I, mm-hmm. I, I used him and also Steve Piggott on guitar on one track who I believe plays with Tennessee normally. Okay. Uh, Dad, um, I, I just wanted to say congratulations on Spiritus Mundi. Um, uh, you know, w- w- one of the advantages of, of being a prog reporter is that we get to hear this stuff in advance. Uh, and uh, so it, it really is, in my opinion, uh, one of your finest works. It's very melodic, pastoral, emotive. Um, it, it seems to have a different spirit to the to the to the vampiric uh, the vampiric albums, um, yeah. but I think it it brings out a different side of you very very successfully. So congratulations for that. Pandemic notwithstanding, 
Um, how was the recording process for the album? Was it very different to, to, to the trilogy or did you approach it in the same way? In the same way, um, you know, the trilogy has been all recorded, you know, through file sharing. Um, so I've, I've done I, all my bits, of course, I've done in my studio and, and all the other bits were done in the other studios, respectively. Um, you know, Tony would send his stuff and so Mirko's, Mirko's drums were sent over to me. Lots of, lots of uh, tracks. <laughs> Took a while to get those right. Uh, not to say that it wasn't nice recorded, but you know, it's so much you can do with mixing drums. And I thought, I want to go for an organic sounding album. I don't want it to be, I mean, let's say that it's as far removed from Stephen Wilson's latest album, for instance, as possible. It's completely you know, yeah, yeah. more, yeah, more absolutely. And and also, I was talking to Royner, you know, Royner Stolt. Mm -hmm. He's a he's a big fan of the album. He says this is your best album, and I know why. It's because of all the the arrangement is more beneficial for your singing style, and also that you keep you keep yourself in the baritone mode basically through the whole album, which where you actually sound the best. And I did that intentionally. I didn't want to go up and head voice, and I didn't want to shout. I didn't want to do all that. I just, and if I sang falsetto, I just want to keep it very near the microphone and very delicate instead of, you know, mm -hmm. going, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to, I wanted to be sensitive and, and intimate on this album. And I think, I actually think I succeeded, but it has to do with the fact that the music is so arranged with, with um, very much Andrew's guitar in, in focus, his guitar picking or whatever. And, and so this, the arrangements are so sparse. So that enabled my voice to come through in the mix a lot better. And I think that's partially why we were so successful with this album. It's my take. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, great. I agree. I've, uh, I've been enjoying the record a lot. I think it's, it's just really great to listen to and in, in, in a way that I almost sometimes can't really explain it because it's not when you come from this prog world and everybody knows what you do and your previous records and singing with Genesis, and you try to explain them, it's like, it's Ned, but it's different. And it's hard to sort of explain it until you really listen to it. But there's such gorgeous melodies and orchestration and stuff. And, and I mean, just the Hawk, you were talking about that single before, mm. is just the the best second half of that, of that song is just so epic and glorious and, and uh, yeah. really great to listen to. I just, I think it's spectacular. Thank you very much. I, uh the greatest reward for me doing making this album was that there were no there was no deadline i didn't you know all the other album, other albums there were always a deadline uh, and i almost went mad in the end you know with no sleep <laughs> but this, I, actually that's how it usually is I, you know you just work yourself to almost to death this time i could do it in a more uh, uh, easier pace uh, and uh, enabled me to also absolutely make sure the song order was going to be all right. And, and the, the, the mastering of the album itself, we I went over there like a couple of times and we changed things and made sure that it sounded phenomenal. Uh, the album got more time in, in the making and, and it shows everything, the artwork. I don't know if you guys seen the, the al actual album you just heard the music, right? No, not, no, not no, yet. No. The, the, uh, the lighter notes and pictures and things, no. No, no, and because that's equally worked through. It's and it's just everything sort of belongs so well. Um, 
uh, extremely, extremely happy over this album. And uh, I can just sense already that it's going to go places, you know, that where I'm, I might even pick up some new fans. Mm. Uh, yeah. and, 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 you know, and also, well, you were talking, you were saying, I was I, immediately this thought came to my mind when you said, uh, when you listened to that instead of all the prog. I remember seeing a guy in England back in 97, I think I went over to London to try to get a record deal. I was, you know, as usual, I was rejected, <laughs> but I had to have a go. And he said to me something very fruitful or very interesting. He said, I tend to sign the artists that come with this music that I would like to play when I get home from work. You know, when you get home, you want to kick yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah, want to get yeah. a wall of sound and all that stuff. You just want to hear something nice. And I believe Spirit of Sunday is that kind of an album. It's, it's, it's a nice album to put on. You can have it in the background. It doesn't, you can fall asleep to it. And you can listen to it, you know, intensively too. Yeah, I, th I think what's very, very clever about it to me is that, you know, there could be a danger if you're if, of of taking poetry, you know, which is which is a you know a different written form, um, you know, and and it feels awkward within the music. I think what's really really great about this is how the knit, the words and the lyrics knit together. You know, there's some. The, the, I mean, uh, the stolen child was one I was listening to earlier today, and going, if you didn't, if someone hadn't told you, you know, that that was originally a poem. You know, you you would have thought. I mean, it sounds like you know a series of verses and a series of chorus and the refrain come in. It's very very cleverly put together, um, you know, in 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 terms of that and and right the way through. And the other thing I think is great is how you know the words are used are have obviously inspired the dynamics of what's happening in the tracks, whether it be the kind of the sort of lush pastoral stuff, you know, the shifts in mood and. You know, I, we we had a podcast recently where we discussed um, the importance, or or in other people's opinion, not importance of 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 lyrics in prog. And sometimes, you know, people listen to progressive rock music for the shred, and you know, it, it doesn't really matter what people are singing about. Um, whereas I think, I I mean, there's obviously huge depth in Yeats lyrics, but I think that what goes with it really, really sits very, very nicely alongside it. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. it's fantastic. Well, I want to point out also that um, you know what song I, I like a lot also is the bonus track, uh, You've Got to Find a Way. And I, I think that's an amazing song, too. Um, so you have two bonus tracks on the record. And that was one. And that one was actually the first video released back in uh, December, uh, December, I think it was. Yeah. That's the only song I wrote on my own. Right. Yeah. It was. Just, that's why I didn't end up as, you know, on the right. vinyl for it is a bonus track, but there is also another bonus track of um, to a, to a child dancing in the wind, mm -hmm. which uh, also features Steve Hackett, but he's playing twelve string on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started. And why don't we give uh, Nad the first shot here? So basically, we're gonna pick twelve songs to make this album. Along the way, we're each gonna pick. Uh, we're gonna end up picking three each. Um, we don't know what we're going to go for. It could be anything. So, Ned, why don't you go ahead and pick the first song on, on the Ultimate Genesis album? What are you going to go with? I'm going to go with Madman Moon. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, right off the bat. Really surprising. Love that song, though. I, it, it's, uh, it's simply because, and once again, as I said before, I tend to go back to the when the album came out and what song would grab hold of me the most. 
grabbed my attention. And, and I remember Madman Moon stood out so much because it was, I know it's a Tony Bank, Banks composition, but he did write, you know, a lot of fantastic songs for the band, you know, undoubtedly. And I think that's one of his best songs ever. And I just remember the chorus in that song. So where is this going? Oh, and it was so unexpected chord changes, you know, and it was all these Mellotron choirs and strings and everything. It was just fabulous. And I was, I think I was 17 when I, when it came out. When you're that young, you, you take it in in a different kind of way than now, I think. So that song all stayed with me. So that's you know one. What's amazing is the minute you said that title, I, I'm telling you, the song's playing in my head. Right, I mean, right <laughs> off the bat, the words, the whole thing. I love Bill's voice on that song. It's just so great. Uh, that's a great tune. In this desert, it's all that ever be. Then tell me what becomes of me. Fall rain. must have been. You come to think of it, we 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 tag this sort of prog rock, but I don't hear much rock in that song. To be honest, <laughs> it, it, it's more like a ballad. Um, and also, just to briefly go back to to my album, so you, it's it, these are songs that could easily go on a prog rock album if you just cherry pick one song here and there. You know, they it could work. It's like yeah. more for me, for instance, more for me. That's not prog rock. It's a ballad, guitar ballad. Yeah. And so, so no, but more, sorry, um, Madman Moon is definitely one of the, my favorite Genesis tracks ever. Nice. That's a great one. Love it. All right, Nick, why don't you go next? Okay. So being a seventies child, I guess it's no coincidence that Steve played on almost all my favorite albums from Genesis. Um, so I, I guess my choices are going to range pretty predictably from nursery crime through to wind and Wuthering. Um, but that's nice because they overlap the Gabriel and Collins eras. And it's not because Steve played on them. It's because they, they truly do happen to be my favorite albums. Um, and not to sound predictable, but um, I, I, just, I just couldn't go without uh, placing the cinema show from 1973, Selling England by the Pound uh, on this album. It's just an amazing piece of music. It's it's one of the few, I guess you would call it, cheerful love songs um, from the from the Gabriel era. It's it's it, it's not all covered in minor keys and lots of melancholy. Uh, it's got a bit of a happier vibe, more of a more of a sort of um, uh, uh, introspective but but cheerful vibe. At the end of the day, I suppose it's a love song about Romeo and Juliet getting ready for their date at the movies. A love song like no other, I suppose. But it's also got um, those 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 very archetypal but unique prog elements in it. It's got the mythological leanings with Father Tiresias, and um, it, it it gets Gabriel to reach right up into his falsetto range. I think for for, for certain parts of the of it, but as a composite whole. It truly is one of the great classic songs of progressive rock. So, yeah, the cinema show. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, the second half so, instrumental section, one of the best things ever written. Um, and I can listen to that forever. So what's that like playing absolutely. that song, Matt? I mean, is it when when you hear the band doing the second half of that song, um, you know, take us through that. I mean, how impressive is that? Well, you know, it's... Uh... Yeah, as you know, I'm not very much in, on, on it. I'm just right. beginning in the end. But, but uh, it's always a very rewarding bit to go on stage because in the intro of that song, uh, 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 Lighting Guy, he, he fired up everything, you know, the works really with all these uh, crystal balls and his fantastic lights and, and doing and really accompanies the guitar playing a lot in the beginning. It's a very nice beginning. And um, it's one of those songs where I feel I am the same range as I am as of late on the new album. It's my mid-range, baritone mode. Mm -hmm. and, and it's very easy for me to sing, just like Musical Box is also a very easy song to sing. And I hear myself very well cutting through in my, my you know, I have these in-ear monitors. Sometimes mm -hmm. it get, get quite busy in there, but that's one of those moments where I just hear myself so well and so it's also very easy to pitch right um, yeah and, and we've done it so many times we did it back in 15 as well in 16 I, I, I usually go when it's when, you know when I leave stage because I got this long instrumental bit um, I usually just go and sit in the wings and, and look at the guys <laughs> enjoy the oh, you know just enjoy the moment yeah um, I love it. I'm going to go next. Uh, I think, you know what? Um, there's a lot, a lot of different choices, but I think just to go with uh, Cinema Show coming, I'm going to go with uh, Afterglow, which mm. a lot of times those are together and connected over the years. And uh, I just think it's the best ballad, one of the best ballads ever written. And uh, just a, a tremendous... Uh, tremendous song and um, uh, you know from the recording Phil's performance is amazing I, I know Nat I've heard you sing it uh, amazing as well um, uh, thank you just one of the you know an underrated song over the years but one that the band luckily have always enjoyed playing which I think is, has been great and they, even back then they pulled that song out of, out of that album to play live which was yeah to come connect cinema show with sometimes, um, you know, colony of Slipperman and, and so sometimes stuff added and mm -hmm. then on adding afterglow onto the end is just always like the highlight of the concert. Absolutely, my I, I've said probably on these podcasts before. My first, um, the first Genesis album I got was Three Sides Live, um, which which shows a little bit of my vintage. But um, you know, it was it was back in the days when rock bands didn't tend to have greatest hits albums. So if you wanted an album that covered a lot of material, uh, you know, and I'd heard a lot of the songs on the radio when I bought that one, and it has this. I think it's either the third or the fourth side where it's got stuff like in the cage, and then it's got that medley of cinema show and uh, 
and it ends with afterglow and that was the stuff that i just you know wasn't expecting i assumed that everything that they did sounded like you know misunderstanding or or turn it on again and and, and suddenly there was all this incredible music and afterglow is it's 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 a really really you know, I, th- I, well, I don't know with Genesis fans, I don't think it's underrated, but it's a song, a Genesis song people wouldn't know, but just incredibly powerful seeing it on stage. And, you know, um, with the, they tend to do amazing lighting and stuff during that song. It's, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Really, really good choice. Uh, all right, Jeff, you're up. Okay. Um, so my, yeah, one of the dangers of doing a little bit of preparation for this is that the first two people choose songs from exactly the same album that you've picked tracks from. So I've kind of, through my my scribbles of notes have been thrown away and um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with something different. It has just been mentioned because Nad just mentioned it earlier on. I'm going to go with the musical box. Um, and I suppose probably the first track on kind of, the first, I mean, I think, I mean, there's a lot about Trespass. There's a lot of good tracks on it, but I think probably for a lot of people, Nursery Crime is kind of the the, the sort of the first proper um, Genesis album. And, you know, that fantastic imagery that's related in the album cover. Um, you have the Nursery Rhyme type start of it, which turns into this kind of, manic and it's really this dark kind of story of uh you know poor henry who uh you know turns into an old man and i know roy and i have talked about if we ever did a a podcast about you know great moments in great prog songs the ending the closing section of the musical box is just one of the absolute best and i actually again a, a a as close to bucket list moment as you can get whenever um um, Steve Hackett's band, including Mr. Sylvan, played in Dublin, and I was delighted to hear that that song, and particularly the ending of it, and just how what a powerful musical moment it is. like five years ago or something yeah yeah uh-huh done we've done vicar street twice vicar street yeah yeah that's right remember the last time we were there people went absolutely mad they loved it so much yeah. and band was in such fine form and there was a after show in the bar and the, the pub just adjacent to the, yeah, to the venue yeah. and i was just getting shots and drinks the whole time <laughs> next day walking the streets of dublin people came up to me oh what a great show that's the only time that ever happened to me uh, wow. after party like that and people being so sweet and so I feel you know the the wild Irish they like if they love you they love you they hate Absolutely. you hate you you know what I mean? like, <laughs> they always well, wear the heart on the sleeve in that sense so no I remember that very well that absolutely gig. yeah I mean Vicar, Vicar Street is a is a is a seated venue 
but you know one of those moments where midway through the show there's a standing ovation you know for the ending of that song and you i remember watching it going uh it doesn't you know it doesn't happen very it happens at certain points that people know to stand up at the end they don't stand up halfway through the show you know so it was a fabulous moment for me and and one of my favorite genesis songs that deserves a place on our album that's in that's in the top two or three and sometimes i think it is my favorite genesis song it just because of that end the ending is I've I've watched DVDs of Steve and you guys in the band playing that live. I've had Blu-rays where watching that, and I I give the TV a standing ovation at the end of that song. It's just so <laughs> it's so powerful. You're just like, holy crap, this is awesome. That ending is a, is just something else. Yep. I love I love the the DVD or Blu-ray that we did with the orchestra. Yeah, mm. oh, it's the best. Mm. It really uh, is. Uh, how how they come in during that fantastic ending segment of the song. Yeah. And yeah. it lifts the song to another level again. You know, so it, it is a, yeah, it's, it's a very cool song to perform live. It's very, it's very easy for me to sing and remember. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I mean, you're, you're incredible on that. It's, it's, it's awesome. All right. So we Thanks. did uh, the first four um, and uh, Ned, why don't you pick your second one? Okay. It's a draw between three songs, really. I don't know, but I get to I get to pick four, right? Three. Oh, we're each picking oh, three. Oh, oh, three. Yeah. Oh, nice <laughs> songs that really. I would probably go for Snowbound from Then There Were Three. Uh, so you are the wild card in this episode. That's like this is something that I would pick. Definitely. <laughs> I, I'm, known, I'm known as the wild it. card guy. <laughs> well, I expected pick. that one from Roy. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> No, I it's just, album. I was 19 when the, that album came out. And I know that a lot of people gave it some flack because it wasn't as adventurous as on early album albums. Well, apart from maybe, you know, Burning Rope had a little bit more going for it. But I thought, thought on the whole, it was a fabulous album. It was very good songs. And I, I just remember the chorus of Snowbound, which is, hey, there's a snowman. It was just Phil's voice. Is, he almost sounds a little bit like, you know, Dr. Hook in the Medicine Show on that one. It has this very delicate vibrato and and um, the arrangement and that arpeggiated synthesized in the background just created such fantastic, you know, swirling emotion. And and, and um, it always was a very, you know, every time that comes on, I just feel, oh, I'm 19 again. No, it's a, it's a very nice track. And now it's the Desert Island track for me. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's one of those albums that again it doesn't it's not an album that gets a lot of recognition i think you know people talk about wind and Wuthering and um trick of the tail and they talk about the gabriel stuff but you sort of go through the track list and go like, there's snowbound there's burning rope there's deep in the mother load there's the lady lies you go you know there's i i, oh, I, I love devil, down, down and I'm out the you, down and out is, is down and out on my short list of songs this, um this, 
then solo and down and out and the, that whole bit. And I just love that. They just stay on that one bass note throughout the whole song yeah. almost. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you have and Many it, Too Many and many Undertow many. and um, yeah. Say It's All Right, Joe is all, is incredible. I, that album's amazing. It really is. I could see at the time people being upset, but I think it's held up brilliantly. For well, sure. Yeah. Oh, it's the ending of The Lady Lies and, you know, where everything goes. And it's just so atmospheric. Uh, yeah. I can't people giving it so much flack because you know I'm, I'm you know i'm quite sure you you agree with me that genesis have done far worse songs than, than what's on that <laughs> yeah we yeah, don't want so any more we won't we don't be want mentioning it. some of it <laughs> <laughs> all right nick what's your next one okay so uh, i guess we're heading for this being a double album but but anyway i'm, I'm going to try in, and, length, in time try length this is a quadruple album i'm sure <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I'm I'm going to try and stick to the sh sh shorter songs here, which which are truly some of Genesis' finest moments. And I mean, I've just got an obligation to go with the Carpet Crawlers, or Carpet Crawl as it's as it's sometimes called. Um, now it was remixed in 1999 uh, for the Greatest Hits compilation. Um, I'm not talking about that version. I'm talking about the original version of uh, From Land Lies Down. Uh, to me. This is the band at their most moving, their most emotive. Um, you know, there's in, those incredible lush keyboard ripples of, of, of Tony Banks that, that, that the song is built around. Um, maybe, it may be the foundation of the song, but, but it's, it's, it's truly unique. Uh, I don't think that, that particular arpeggio has ever been used in this way uh, before or since. It's very sparing in the arrangement, but but at the same time it builds and builds to to a crescendo. The, the chorus starts being whispered, then it, then then it becomes a very plaintive kind of cry. The lyrics are perfect, uh, and I must say, as I've said before on these podcasts, the whole concept of the lamb lies down was lost on me personally. The whole rail in the sewers of New York thing, um, I, I, I didn't get that at all. But this particular song, and I think this is true of many of the constituent songs. On Lamb Lies Down. Uh, this particular song is a moment of brilliance, sheer beauty. So for me, it's the Carpet Crawlers. Yeah. It's a very sexual song, you know that, don't you? That's why you like it. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it, Dad. Uh, I'm absolutely feeling it. <laughs> the question is, who's carpet? <laughs> Ooh. That's, uh, I, well, that's a that's a staple. That's one I, I I guess I expected might be on this list. A great song for sure. Yeah, so. I think um, there's so, again a brilliant example of of you know Peter Gabriel's lyrics that are just completely. You know, it was, it was a friend of mine, his, one of his favorite lines, you know, the liquid has congealed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, what, what, you know, what, what does the word congealed appear in any other songs? I can't think of any, <laughs> um, you know, and the, and the, the one that I think we talked about this once before, there's a lot of very British things that are that are scattered through, which 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 possibly well, because I know we've got an international group here, but it's the the line about the the tickler takes his stickle back. Yeah, um, I mean, again, a stickle back is a fish, 
yeah uh, which which i know that i remember talking to some american friends who didn't know that and know you know there's the word play of all of that you know throughout it it's it's really really clever stuff uh yeah great song Ned, when you've had to sing some of these songs over the years with steve is it uh lyric wise was it just stuff you already knew in your brain you know from all the years of listening to music or did you have to really go back and 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 read every lyric and and sort of absorb it again it, yeah, I'd had to in a way because I would I would know certain sentences. So you know I could sing along and that oh was that word you know because I, I never sung them before. I've only been a fan of the songs and the albums. So yeah, I, I had to study them. Mm-hmm. I just actually I just studied and learned uh, carpet crawlers for the second sound show. Uh, I know I knew most of the words, but not necessarily. You know, is it verse two or verse three that you know I, I would get confused right. about? Yeah. So you have to get that. You have to get it into your muscle memory. It's not easy stuff, and a lot of it doesn't repeat, right? So I mean, it's it's a it's it's a lot of word, especially in the chorus in that the, in the re- lamb record. Yeah, it's just the chorus that repeats, of yeah. course. No, but it's it's a it's a fantastic song, and also again, very good range for me down mm. low. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go with my next pick. Man, there's so many good songs still on this list. It's crazy. Um, but I'm going to go, uh, I think I'm going to go Squonk. So we'll take another another one from that album. Yeah. But and, I have Trick of the Toe. And uh, just a, a, another just sort of non-hit, but I think it's a sort of a Genesis fan favorite and, and uh, just a sort of a weird song that doesn't kind of really have a chorus, but it it's it has that repeating kind of guitar melody thing that's again used in in Los Sendos and um, God I just love the driving beat of that and how cool that it was the I think it was the opening track on Seconds Out right which um, unfortunately it's yeah. really great as a as an opening song for me because it starts we're gonna start the show with yeah. that and, yeah <clears throat> oh and man I need to see that show <laughs> it's it, it, it's head voice song it's it's one of those songs that I dread to sing because I have to be <laughs> consistently up there it's a tough bitch it really is i wish really? it was two, two tones down would be easy for me but I'll, oh, and, I'll, and they get they're going to make you open with it now so you don't even get to warm up with it. <laughs> but it's a nice song definitely one of the my favorites as well All right, uh, Jeff, you're next. Okay, um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, take things in a in a slightly different direction. Um, I'm gonna go from there. Well, the the last album with Phil, um, and the last track in that, which is Fading Lights. Okay, and I don't know if you know that song, or I don't know how familiar you are with that song, but it is one of my absolute favorites. And I think I think because well. I guess it's there's something sentimental about it, and it was the last song on the last album that he he made um, by them. But again, it's something that that's very um, 
sort of reflective of probably that whole era from maybe the Genesis album onward where, you know, they said, like, you know, we stopped kind of doing songwriting um, and, you know, we more got together, we played, we, you know, we came up with our sound, you know, when it begins with a, you know, it's really a sort of drum machine with a quite a nice chord keyboard pattern on it. And then it builds up to an instrumental um, and a kind of a, a, a great guitar solo and a, and a quite subdued ending. I think it's a really great song. And on the, on the tour that they did with that, they, they did it as a three piece because they you know, obviously with a live band, they had the Chester Thompson and Daryl right. Sturmer, but that was one that they were able to do start to finish with just the three of them. And it's, it's just, to me, it's the essence of that kind of three piece boil, boiled down into a really fantastic song. So. And also a lot of, Typical Genesis hallmarks are, are actually there. I mean, it's, yeah. it's actually, I think it qualifies as a cl Genesis classic in the sense that you could, it's definitely Genesis doing yeah. Genesis again, where some songs are not so much yeah. on that album, I feel. But that is a typical, that's, that's on, the only band in the world that would sound like that is Genesis. Yeah. When that album came out, I, I remember I, I, it was just like half I really liked and half I really hated. It was, it's such a bizarre album. And, yeah. uh, cause I thought in many ways, the good parts of it, Fading Lights, No Son of Mine, um, uh, a few others were better than I've... Invisible Touch, uh, Driving the Last Spike. Yeah. There's some of yeah, them that are like yeah. better than Invisible Touch by a lot. And then there's some that are, I just, I was so, I hated them so much. And, and so I would just, I made that album into like an eight song album that I could listen to. And I just put them on a cassette and those, those were the eight songs I listened to from that record. And that was it. Um, so, uh, you know, I sort of still feel that way about the album, to be honest. Um, it's not an album that I revisit at all. I, I never play it. Yeah. I just don't, don't, I hardly ever play anything that's after Duke. If I, if I, if I listen to Genesis, I think Duke to me is the last very very strong album and i was going to go for a song from duke and that fan yeah you're next yeah. so let's do you're it next uh it will it will surprise you because i love the whole album but I, once again i'm going to go back to what song that grabbed hold of me initially and the, f the first song that i really got attached to and from that album as track uh called please don't ask um that's the second time we've talked we talked about that i brought that up jeff in a recent podcast mm -hmm. that's a great mm -hmm. song yeah, it's it's simply because it's 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 a Phil Collins song. Yeah, but the arrangement is is very much Genesis. But you but also you know I'm a soul singer really. You know I've, I've been singing a lot of soul music, and and it's got this piano chords and the way it's been produced, it's got a lot of soul in it. Um, you could hear bits of that even back in the Gabriel days. He would have a little bit of bluesy feel to some of his vocals, but not that often, mm -hmm. but you could hear it. I feel please some touches. 
gorgeous because it has like a B chorus or it has like a pre-chorus, whatever you, you know, uh, it just builds and builds and builds. And I, and I love the bass line on that song. I think the bass is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I was going to go for either that or actually Visions of Angels, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. But I'm more tired. Please don't ask. Song too. I can't, no, we, uh, I try, I'm trying to remember. We were talking about that on the lyrics podcast. In the lyrics one, I brought it up as a song that I used to listen to, not knowing what it was about, and now yeah. listening to it, you know, older, uh, being married, kids, and the whole thing. You listen to that song, and it takes a whole new meaning. Um, and uh, it's a, it's great. It's a beautiful, beautiful track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, Nick, what's your last one? Oh, this is so hard, man. How do you do this with a band like Genesis? I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at my list here and I've got a, about 11 must-have songs here. <laughs> I know. Just ridiculous. Uh, but I think I'm going to go, just for personal reasons, with the song that first opened me up to Genesis and, and, and just revealed this whole new world of progressive rock to me. Um, and that's the song Watcher of the Skies from 1972's Foxtrot. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I truly had never heard anything like this before when I heard it. It, it, it changed me. It changed my life. It changed my musical journey. Um, that that opening uh, salvo with, with Tony Banks' Mellotron just swirling in space um, and then, and then uh, hearing Gabriel come in with, with, with those staccato uh, punctuations of his and, and um, you know, later on, uh, watching, watching what what then became YouTube clips of Peter Gabriel with bat wings on his head, mm. singing that song. It's just, it just it it kind of stuck with me. Um, I mean the whole the, the whole concept of the thing is so prog. It's a, it's about this 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 alien visitor looking over planet Earth to see that it's devoid of life, um, and just those amazing staccato rhythms that uh, Collins and, and Rutherford came up with there, which, which when you break them down are in six, four time, but, but, but are really unusual. And I don't think have been done uh, uh, very often before or since um, just creates an amalgamation of something that had never been done before. I certainly had never heard before. And it just, it just changed my, my whole musical perspective. And that is the song. I think that truly with uh, uh, with a couple of songs from Yes uh, uh, on Fragile introduced me to progressive rock. So for personal reasons, it's Watcher of the Skies. choice that was my first song i sang with steve like yeah 
Right. Yeah. How right. hard is that one to yeah. sing? Is it is it is it challenging like some of the others, or because of the because of the speed of the singing? It's a little odd, but uh, I just remember when I when Steve asked me to go on and do a guest spot with him at uh, at Isle of Wight nine years ago now. Uh, number one, I couldn't believe he asked me, and it was just like wow. And I had to, but I, I, I took it really seriously and I, and I studied, studied hard, make sure that I would have, have it down, you know. So uh, once I got it in my system, it was no brainer, you know, to, to go on and perform it. And I felt confident enough, but uh, my singing technique wasn't as developed back then for some, some of the higher notes, you know. Uh, I, I didn't even know about my head voice at the time. I was just I would I would push the chest voice up and, and you know and the voice would crack sometimes. Uh, and I realized oh the head voice oh that's you know so I got I got acquainted with that and I started to uh, then I started to grow as a singer. But it's, it has I remember seeing the musical box a couple of times. But first time I saw I, they actually came to Gothenburg, Sweden to do Selling England. I think it was, yes, it was selling it, but this started with, I think this started with Watcher of the Skies. I can't remember now, but it was a surreal moment when, you know, with the bat wings and the, the UV makeup and, and all of that, and how he would just roll his head very slowly like that, and he, almost like a demon on stage. It was, it was just, it was theater. It was just outrageous. And, and I got good, I just get goosebumps when I'm thinking about it now. Yeah, you know, I, saw it, them do, I saw them do it at, at Lorelei. Had the same feeling. Just powerful, yeah. powerful. No, yeah. very, very. They're great. I've, I saw them do the Lamb, and then uh, I think the encore was Watcher and Musical Box, and so it's all the costumes, all the different things, and it's like yeah. really fun. Very fun. I have I have tickets to see them do the Lamb, which were. 2020 tickets which became 2021 tickets which have become 2022 <laughs> tickets yeah. Nad, how did you what what was your how did you hook up with steve or what was the connection that 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 got you working with him um well to cut a long story short short there's a there's a man in in germany who is the promoter of the night of the prog festival which is held in lorelei mm -hmm. mm -hmm. thank you Gorshausen, every year um, he, I, in, in 2008, I made an album called Unifon, which was like the door opener for me, for, for, for this world. Um, it was, it became the springboard to where I am today, really. So he, he had that in mind and he, I know he was a fan of it when, when he heard that Steve was going to do Genesis Revisited. Um, and so he contacted Steve and said, are you going to go out and do this material again, do Genesis live? Oh, you you got to contact Nat Sylvan. He's the perfect guy for it. This is what I've heard afterwards. What happened? Mm -hmm. so, so I was contacted by uh, Steve's tour manager. Apparently, Steve and Roger has been. They went onto YouTube to see some clips of me. Mm -hmm. I think also heard some of the Unifon album and 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 what have you. Um, so St Steve called me one morning and um, we talked for half an hour and they invited me over and. And I got over there and we just hit it off basically. And I sang a cappella in the studio for him. As I said, it sounds great. You got the gig. But he had he had decided already to that he wanted me, but 
he wanted to meet me in person, of course, to check me out. You know, so I wasn't, you know, this weirdo that wouldn't have worked with him. You know, because once you're in the band, you're in the family, and you want to have a good mm-hmm. relation. So, so that's what happened. But the funny thing is, I asked him, or did I ask Joe? I don't remember. But we were talking in the back of, back of the car, and I was saying, I've been wondering how many guys did you audition for this? Because uh, sure, there was just you know, lots of people. No one. We just picked you. <laughs> That's even better. That's amazing. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I was turning fifty-three when I got the gig. Amazing. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm up next. So uh, just because I don't trust Jeff with what he's going to go with his last pick, <laughs> I'm going to have to go suppers ready with mine because it would be criminal if it's not on this thing. And um, it does add another 20-something minutes to to our ultimate album. But, you know, so what? Uh, one of the best songs ever written, if not the best song ever written. And uh, just a, a masterpiece track. What else can be said about it? We've talked about it a million times. Um, but it never, never gets old. So many parts. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it is the uh, quintessential uh, epic it, it, you know, you can't do better than, than this one. It's it's the one by which all 20-plus-minute songs are measured. And um, watching you guys do it live is just, it is awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's just perfection. It's it really tingling. is. I think the 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 uh, you know, we've done a couple of times now. Uh, I mean, on DVDs, I think that it's on three or four of them. Uh, but the one with the orchestra is the That's one I definitely go for if I want to watch it. You know, uh, yeah. uh, it's just again, it adds so much, and uh, it's 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 a very fun song to perform. It's a lot of different, we um, say, vibes. So different. Mm. attitude of singing you sing high notes you sing low notes you sing quietly you sing you you belt it out you know wandering through the chaos battle is left. that's very intimate and then you have the whole ending bit with jerusalem where you really have to belt it out so it, it it's, it's very rewarding to perform as a singer and also and i do get breaks when i can just you know keep back doing the organ solo for instance uh, fantastic song to, to one of my favorites to perform absolutely i remember on the a cruise to the edge a few years back um yeah. i think it was the first show i got to see in full on the first night you guys you know played in the theater one night and it was it was one of the first shows on the whole thing and the, it ended with supper's ready and steve extends it by like another five minutes just doing this insane solo and it's just amazing and uh it was just like, I was just so in awe of it at the end. I just walked out going, that's it. We've seen the best show we're going to see on the cruise. It's over. <laughs> there's there's yep. nothing can top this. And uh, I, th- I think I think I think that was the case. It was It's incredible. I, um, I was pl- 
I was playing it last weekend, um, and the room where my turntable is, uh, it's, in a, it's in another room, and, and my, my eight-year-old wandered into the room and sat down. He was playing computer games on his iPad, and my, my kids are used to me listening to all sorts of weird stuff. Um, so he kind of was engrossed in his world. But whenever the, the Willow Farm section came on, <laughs> he sort of, he glanced up from his screen and looked at me and just shook his head and <laughs> walked out of the room. <laughs> it's very confusing. Well, this is the best bit. This is brilliant. You know, it was just like this kind of dad look in his face and off he went to somewhere else, put, put his headphones on or something. It was quite How old is, old is your son? He's eight. <laughs> that one's an eight-year-old. So, <laughs> yeah, I thought that would be the bit he would like. You know, there we go. <laughs> it's very confusing. Very confusing to a to a, a young kid. Um, all right, so you're going to close us out, Jeff. I, what are so you, you going to go with? You've left me with the very awkward last choice. Well, if, if I'd known I was going to get the last choice, I probably would have done Fading Lights at this point. Ah. Um. So. Um. Well, illegal alien. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm only Joe. That's only a joke. That's only a Jeff. joke. <laughs> what he meant was, I can't uh, no. no, edit, edit. I think, I think, um, I'm, I'm, look, there's so much we could choose, and there's so much great Phil stuff probably that we haven't touched upon, but I'm, I'm gonna go, um, I'm gonna cheat, I'm gonna pick two, I'm gonna, um, have flying a windshield and the Broadway um, melody of '74. Good man, Jeff. Um, Good man. I knew you know, wouldn't let me down. There I was is... going to say those two as well, yeah. but I thought yeah. someone else do that. Yeah. I, I mean, I think uh, probably everything we've talked about, from the the lyrics to the instrumentation to back what we were talking about the um, uh, when we were talking about you know, um, Nad's album and, and the tie-in of the, the music and, and the lyrics and that kind of, you know, bang as the fly hits the windshield and then this music kind of um, takes off, not fantastic, the slide guitar um, and then the, you know, that closing, um, I'm not sure what the time signature is, bit at the end, but the um, Lenny Bruce declares a truce on that section. It, it, I mean, it's just a phenomenal, probably eight or nine minutes of music um that again probably lots of people who know genesis probably don't even know that that such brilliance exists but uh yeah True. that's that's a fave and another great one live as well It's, it's it's also it's also um, very primarily Steve Hackett's pivotal moment on that album. I mean, he really does get to shine there, and it, it, it's it's well known that that you know um, uh, there were some differences happening in the band at the time, um, and, and and perhaps there wasn't as much 
guitar on 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 the lamb lies down as as they could have been but that particular moment is 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 just hackett's moment in the sun i i had the privilege of of playing a cover of that um in the late night live um after hours uh, a, a thing that happens on on cruise to the edge um you know what i'm what i'm talking about Ned. you you came in and 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 performed for entirely four seconds one once on, on one of our performances where you came and said a flower and then left the stage yeah but also i actually had to go twice on broadway melody and, and flying windshield I've, I've done it twice on, on the cruise two two years ago and it was always a dream of mine because that actually is definitely you know one of my favorite genesis tracks ever uh, uh and i and i was so oh, i get to sing these lyrics you know learning bruise declares the truth all that to that Absolutely wonderful rhythm section, you know, where the bass, you know, do It's just, it's sort of funk with Ravel. It's, you know, so, and, 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 the, and, and, the, and the build up to that bit is so, such a release after the big bang with a fly and it just goes on and on and then starts to escalate and, you know, chord changes and it just lands in this fantastic piece of music where it's just it's so rewarding that there's such a release tension and release you want to talk about that i think that's probably probably the most interesting bit of music genesis has ever done to me is that i think he just said before that he we agree we agree with you Ned. <laughs> <laughs> and you left think, it to the end <laughs> no, steve has said i mean that's one of his favorite songs too i believe I've, i think i've read that before in an interview that he's that he's, that he's oh, done before. Yeah, he loves that bit. Everybody yeah. loves that song. Everybody. That's great. Just so awesome. to me, the big omission here, I think would obviously be Firth of Fifth that we didn't include. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do we get an honorable mention? It did, yeah. Maybe we should give that an honorable oh, mention. Bonus track. It could go on as a bonus track. It's the bonus <laughs> track. We're going to put Firth of Fifth as a bonus track uh, because... Uh, Alongside that, Who Done It. <laughs> and, and, and maybe and, and maybe 11th 11th Earl of Mar right you know we Roy, should come Roy, back Roy, talk, talk to us about who done it Roy we should do we should talk do another <laughs> I, don't, you, what don't you really like what it gorilla? no I no, you I never said, me you liked it no no that, did I no I don't think so um I do think it's a bit of comedy from them, so I, I sort of get why it's on there. But I no, not not one of my favorite songs at all. But we you know what we could do is come back and do a uh, worst <laughs> Genesis uh, songs <laughs> album. Help me out, <laughs> which would be a whole lot of fun. Um, and uh, boy, uh, this was great. Always uh, fun to chat and reminisce about these songs. I can always talk about Genesis uh, forever. Ned, thank you so much for joining us and, and uh, entertaining us with some stories and things. Appreciate it. Thank yeah. Thanks for the very nice words regarding my new album. I yeah, really guys, uh, please, if you haven't checked out uh, Spiritus Monday or if you haven't pre-ordered it or listened to the tracks, there, there's a few singles out now on YouTube and Spotify and all that. And you can check out the album. And uh, there's some tour dates that have been announced for 2022, right, uh, Ned, for, for U.S.? And um, I guess we'll see what else happens. So check out. I, yeah, we're coming back in, I think, in about a year from now or yeah. somewhere to, to finally come back. We couldn't yeah. go. We're supposed to be there in April now, but as you all know, we can't do that. And so April next year, and uh, we're going to do the cruise and 
we'll be in the States for quite some time, I've heard, but I'm, I haven't seen any dates yet, but it's going to be... I think you're coming my way, so definitely we'll see you there. Make up um, time, let's put it like that. Yeah, for sure. Let's hope it happens, because uh, that, that, that is a tour that needs to uh, continue going. Um, yeah. So, uh, all right, guys, Nad, good night, gentlemen. Good. Well, we'll talk to you again later. See you later. Okay. Bye, Bye guys. Everybody.